So, starting part two, story time. We'll call this intermission, interludes, not so lewd. Um, I do not have anything written down except for a few uh, what each of them are. There are four. These are things that have been rattling through my brain for so many months, sometimes years now, because you know that I, need, I have this need to make sure that things fit and work. Mm -hmm. I might make up some stuff, but I try to resist that as much as I possibly can. Um, that, plus there are things happening in the city, there's background information to it that I think you as players, as people, as storyteller um, people who are within the story and enacting change in it, with your own characters and with others. Enacting big change I did not expect, but I'm very happy to see. So I think you'll enjoy these. But they're not polished, I will not be reading to you. This is going off thoughts. Yeah, did you have both of those sustained illusions? I must have. That's all right. And yes, sustained illusion was an intentional beer as well. No. <laughs> no. Of course it was. Nope. And I think the starry eye that I found was quite apt. The starry eye was good. Mm-hmm. I was, I was seriously this close to thinking that. Nightwalker was the same thing as the illusionary dragon. Mm -hmm. But I didn't know if that spell could make any creature, or it always had to be a dragon. It has to be a dragon. It's called the illusionary dragon. Oh, okay. <laughs> Not illusionary. Whatever the fuck challenge rating you want. I'm sure it was an illusory drag on, as in this is dragging on and we're Noted. Double the length next time. Got it. Okay, here we go. Interlude one. Maglubiet stands on a sandstone balcony. Parapet barely to her waist. As she looks over rocky stone and desert. And then a wall sloping upwards. A valley of sorts, though large. <coughs> Structure behind her, an archway that she could walk through. And three figures to her left, and three to her right. The Tesh Akura. The thousands of goblinoids before her know her face, and they know these six. Tesh Akuran being goblinoid for the six apostles. And she, Meglubiet, their god. She stands in her robes, white but stained with blood and sand. Scepter in hand, not the scythe that would be more fitting to her grip, but a scepter is good for these. Granted, it's got three skulls skewered through the top and 
beads and coins jangling from them. She slams it on the sandstone. As beginning from those closest to her, the Tesh Akuran, all slamming their feet, their weapons, their pole arms, whatever they have. And then those below, finally catching sight above her, 50 feet up, raising their hands. Maglubiat! Maglubiat! Feet, pole arms. Some getting on knees and slamming their fists. Foaming at the mouth with prayer. As Thamach Terji comes to her voice and she bellows out to her people, her army. In Hobgoblin, in Goblin. This will not just be a victory for Hobgoblin kind. This will be a victory for all goblinoids. As a smaller in vocalization, but larger in number, goblins. <laughs> Some bugbears. Less co common than, than, than the other two tall, hairy men, almost. <laughs> this will be a victory for all Easterners as you see humans and orcs thumping their chests as they stamp their feet and stamp their weapons down. This will be a victory where we take back what is ours. Uproar of cheers. But as with any war, there are battles that only some can fight. <sighs> I know. My children. If I could bring every one of you with me, I would. To wrest control <laughs> from those to the west. In their lush forests and their spotless homes. Comfort. And what comes with comfort? Weakness! Yes. We will make them strong, whether they want it or not. For we are strong. For I am strong. The cheers are deafening. I cannot bring you all this day, but there are those who you all know, and she gestures down beneath her and looks down, and you see a line of 50 or so hobgoblins, hooded, black and hooded, with capes of, of feathers, pauldrons of feathers and half capes. And of course, the six apostles. We have had victories before. 
but none more than this will be. We will take revenge for what they have done to us in the past. We will have revenge soon in blood, and we will take revenge shortly in everything they have. <sighs> so be patient, my children, for you will all join me one day as we march upon them. But for now, wait. I shall return. She turns and walks in. The Tesh Ashkaran following her to deafening cheers and stamping and bellowing and prayer. She enters in to a side chamber through this very old, very dusty with sand and, and whatnot. Car like almost tunnels carved into a desert canyon. Deep enough that the, the wind abates, the, the howling slows. The sand has not settled so far here. It is smooth, it's clean. As clean as a hobgoblin base can be. She hands her staff. She opens her arms as the, the Tesh Akuran disrobe her piece by piece, the robes coming free, and then fit her with armor. Full plate will be good enough for today. A scythe is handed to her, not the one she prefers, a simple one, but she won't need her usual armor or scythe this day. Not how she plans on seeing them. There's a knock at the closed door. One of them barks, who is it? But she says, let her in. The door opens and a drow woman enters. Long black hair, crow feathers stitched within, pauldrons long, and a cape that comes down. Golden uh, finger daggers? <laughs> like, talons. talons would be a good word. Little, <laughs> like, thimbles with nails bugles, at the top. But bugles, but fancy. Bugles, but fancy. Like those sprays that you wear, and then they make the. Yeah. Yes. King Xerxes in 300. Yes. Like that. And a pipe that she's smoking. A very ladylike entrance, albeit the pipe, where blackish blue smoke siphons in and then out. A crow perched on her shoulder that alights and lands on a dresser over there. What is it, Shandala? The drow woman, Shandala. We'd like to speak with you before you go. I have no words nor time. Well, considering I'm getting you there, you do. 
Bring it then. Already brought. And she produces a wooden box with obsidian rivets through it. Places it on the table before her and opens it up. And steps to the side. A mirror shattered pieces. <laughs> That's what I thought. Yep. Comes up. And coalesce a bit. Not quite fitting together. Faint gaps between them, hanging in the air. And then the ref- her reflection changes. And she's seeing a different place, a different person. And that person in place can see her back. She peers into a dark space, pitch black. If not for her dark vision, she would not be able to see. In this dark cavern, she knows not where it is, but she knows who sits there cross-legged and who has for some time now. As a long scroll, almost infinitely long in unbelievable shapes, coils around him. Almost a halo. The horns would be more appropriate. He doesn't even turn to look at her. His back is to her. She sees his raven dark hair, his black robe somehow darker than a room void of light. If not for that scroll hovering about, the only source of light in this place, not the usual one, not the one he's had for some time, the new one, as it spins around him slowly undulating, the process still ongoing. He speaks. Well, if it isn't our resident god, goddess, which do you prefer again? My people know me as they know me. How specific. (laughs) I heard you rallied the troops quite well. Yes. Good. That is what a war priest should do. One who will lead the East into battle and take everything for her own hands, for her people. Yes. Have all the necessary preparations been done? On my end, yes. You will take no chances. You will be cautious. Your job is to be the chaos. I know you're a big fan of red dragons, so go as that. So fire, brimstone, blood into their streets. Call out every healer, every guard that you can. It's amazing what people will spend diamonds on. If you find an orphanage, attack that first. Or a church. That is your primary job. I know my role. I am simply repeating it. So there's no misunderstandings between us. 
Meg Lubiet. He says the name with almost scorn. Derision. Not the prayer and praise that the others had said. Your secondary goal is to draw out one who holds what you hold. I know this. Do you, though? Because tied with that secondary goal is patience. If one is there, if Yagsafa's plans have gone the way that I expect they have, if all of our machinations are true, then if a scroll wielder is amongst them, any of the West, <coughs> they'd be hard pressed to not join. It is our best opportunity to draw all the worms out of the woodwork. Squash them. If a wielder appears, you will need to fight. But not until then. Draw them out. Yagsafa will need your help, your Tesh Akuran's help. Maglubiet snorts. <laughs> you didn't need any help. No, I didn't. Let us make one thing clear, Krull. I am going to start this war the way it should have been started long ago. The Valdemar family will fall by my hand. Simple as that. I will find you a damn scroll. I will even give it to you, for I am a friendly, kindly god. But do not speak to me in such insolent tones because you simply have two. The crow turns to look at her through the shattered glass. And as his void, starlit eyes meet hers, the same eyes, he says, the gulf between us is as immeasurable as the void between stars, regardless of the number of scrolls either of us hold. Make no mistake. The chill shakes from her, almost imperceptible, but she fears he, he did see it as he smirks and turns back around and says, you give yourself the, the name of the hobgoblin god, the god of all goblinoids. Smart, a good decision. You show them power. It was good. But make no mistake, we have an agreement and you will uphold it. She says, make no mistake, my grandfather was the one that took this scroll from the drow 80 some years ago. 
Yes, and who was it that taught you how to attune to it, how to use it? Your grandfather and father, your brothers, could not become dragons, could they? The words you're, you're looking for, I know they're lost to you, but I'll respond in kind. You're welcome. Bristles her spine. But there is truth to it. Take your revenge only if it makes the most sense. There is one thing above all else that must not happen. She's like, don't worry, I won't die. <laughs> My dear, I raised you into what you are now, but make no mistake, your life is irrelevant to me. If you do die, make damn sure that scroll gets back to me. Otherwise, your people will never be uplifted. Fuck you. Last question. Is the simulacrum ready? Yes. Good. Go. Be your best dragon self you can be. Burn it to the ground. Information about who holds the scroll is worth more than anything else, but do not lose yours. You're a fool if you think I'd go so easily. Give a child a taste of power and she thinks herself immortal. There will be many strong ones at this conference, this summit. Don't overestimate yourself. I won't. As she closes the lid, all of the shards funneling into it. Number two. What in the fuck just happened? Oi? A dark, robed, hooded figure says, tearing off his, his hood, blonde hairs, scraggly, dirty, dreadlocks, not the fashionable sort, I mean, you know, but the ones that come from not washing, um, dang dangling, they're almost st stuck to, to the hood. What the fuck was that? Yeah. Smaller fellow to this big hulking beast of a ham pulls down his hood a uh, gnomish fellow there pale of skin oh, I think those were nose 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 yeah hind up people Okay. I guess we didn't really ask what, what, what they'd be doing. The shadow knows all. The shadow gives us ambition, but it's our job to follow it. 
Don't doubt now, my friend. I'm not doubting, but I'm saying there's a fuckload of gnolls that just hopped on some gondolas that are rushing around. Look, they're attacking the fucking, the fucking, uh, uh, library. The, uh, uh, pa, uh, pa... Yes, yes, the Palinaeum. Yeah, yeah, Do you have any more of those bonds? No, all out. Well, what we do now? Clever. Look, you're not the brightest uh, torch in the uh, hand. Well, you don't put a torch in your hand, you'll burn yourself. That's nice, though. <laughs> well, look, the point is, you're really fucking dumb, but you're really fucking strong. So uh, that's why we brought brought you, okay? So don't stop stop thinking so so much. And he, uh, Clubber walks walks past. Won't we follow in her as he walks up to the burned, charred, smoldering corpse of Lady Orion? Long metal needles plunged through the back of her head into the brain. It has to be. Oh my God, those things want this fucking long. Through her spine and the other House Orion members, the wires, the. What's all this? What is it called? Uh, artif Artifactorians, uh, art uh, artifabs? Ah, that's some fancy word for it. It doesn't matter what they are. What matters is this is the Shadow's will. So, what the Shadow wanted. Look, you wear the, the mask, you, you know. All right? What we followed her. Well, whatever it was, it must have been so important that she would give her life for the cause. Okay. Oh, yeah, 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 sure. What, what the fuck is that? Eh? As a... thing has dripped from her ear. The little Thomas Fowler jumps back. Don't be Jehoshaphat! It's her fucking brain! Don't be stupid. Brains don't have feet. <laughs> hey, little fella, what do you. <laughs> hey, little fella, what are you thinking about? As the other cultists around who were seeing to people and staying the way out of the Lord of the Knolls, uh, um, wands held out just in case, you know, any guards come. What? A brain! A brain! A fucking brain! A fucking 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 brain! Clubber doesn't even have a brain to lose! <laughs> As they laugh, and Clubber turns and says, Well, we still have more work to do. Turns and walks. Follow me. The Shadow's will is yet to be completed this night. That's interlude two. Fucking clever. Hmm. When you run into him, you're gonna fuck shit up. <laughs> smart barbarian? Smart barbarian? Smart barbarian. Stay out of their way. Bad. They're unstoppable. Oh. Mm -hmm. Invincible. Oh, I was looking at your edge. If I might. <laughs> if I might. That gets my niggas twice in a bunch. I do believe this should be reckless. <laughs> I was gonna do that. Caution to lean on that. Probability, and it is that evil guy.
We'll go with Trellib actually next because uh, you guys know enough now. That would that would be a nice one. Trellib de Midani follows the royals, the dignitaries, ambassadors, dragon marks, guards, common heights and the such, paladins and clerics charging to the throne room, fleeing this black dragon that manifested. Now, Trollope doesn't, he's no fool. The fear did not grip him, but he follows. The eye drops that he brought as a gift, of course, placing his eyes this whole time. That's no real dragon. That <laughs> that that illusion at the door is not real either. But shouting now, knowing that it's false, would reveal that he knows. If there is some Schadenfreude at hand here, go with it. You cannot find a thieves' den without becoming a bit of a thief yourself, without crawling through their ducts, without being one of them. So he'll play the part of a scared noble and will follow. Anybody important is, is either outside right now in the gardens or, well, here in front of him within, within eyeshot. The king, the queen mother, the aspect of the, of the soul. Any of the dragon marks here. We follow. As they charge forth to the throne room, the doors open at this moment in time, storming through the clank of metal and gauntlet and steel and iron on these marble floors, tapestries flapping as, as they all run past in a horde. They enter in, the king bellows, close the door, seal them shut, as guards close to staying out. Halberds at the ready to guard. There was that rumble. The ground shook for a moment. Havergas, the uh, cleric, says, wait, wait, wait. Right. We'll go, look, stay, stay, stay. Let's go see what else is happening as he dashes forward. Some paladins and clerics streaming along with him. Many staying inside. Again, anybody of importance staying inside. Charlie bleeds against a wall, watching. Waiting. Chaos. Madness. Fear diminishing. If the girl... Anaxoria is correct, and there is an infiltrator in this place. If Elcaris's mind was correct, and he believes her enough to be looking into this, it's all related. What is the unifying component? What is it that would be? Why? Attack on the city? An illusory dragon? Barricading the door with an, another, another illusion. Illusion is so powerful that 
he's scantily ever seen them be before. A powerful enemy, to be sure. To cow them here, to herd them here. Like sheep with a dog nipping at their heels. Mochalab de Medani is not no sheep. But he will be a wolf in sheep's clothing this day. As he assesses who would have the most benefit. Vidalis? A fool. No. Galanda? From war? No. Derek de Veldren? No, no, no. Kenneth? Always suspicious. Most wealthy of, of all the the dragon was the only, only other duke besides himself, but far more wealthy than even him. What would be the goal? What would be the in intent? Wealthy enough as it is. The king? Look at the, the, the queen? The aspect? Impossible to think that an aspect could be, could betray. No, no, no. What if we're thinking about this all wrong? What if it's not somebody looking out for their own interests? What if it's somebody who is controlled? Eklund has made it very clear that there are no illusions. There's nothing afoot here that he can de detect. No mind control, no spellcraft. He has detected the thoughts of both the king and the queen. The queen mother, he has not been, been able to, but she's held that, that thing to protect her, her mind from thoughts, or from detecting thoughts for decades now. I'm sorry, am I boring you? Thank you. <laughs> but she's worn that ring to, to protect her mind from, from straying thoughts for a long, long time, just like, just like Fiarlan does, just like Trellib does. You don't get into your, your position of having information without having some protections against it as he spins the little brain-looking golden ring at his finger here, same one that Fjallin wears, and he knows the same one that, that the Queen Mother wears. No transformations, no illusions, what could it be? There are spells that can mask even that. Nistal, Nistal's magic aura. Cast it enough times over a year and it will permanently mask the effects of a magical item. And if you, if you wear something with it, it can even mask the effects of what you are, truly. All the paladin's divine sense in the world might not mean anything to that. Even, even Eklund's truce, even his eyes as they are now. So if we can't see, we have to think who would want this. We don't want to think who benefits. What if it is an infiltrator? Not a betrayer, but an infiltrator. Somehow masking themselves. Who would make the most sense? I sure as hell don't trust Kaneth with those bracelets. Put something on and... No. Smart that the Queen Mother and, and him put a passcode to unlock it before the one it is a bit odd, though, isn't it? Why would the Queen Mother, she spoke very eloquently about this being a, a bonding. 30, 30 rings to bind the ambassadors in this coalition. She made it very clear that this was a joint effort on her part. She funded Kenneth 
for this purpose. And unless his mind, unless his memory is deceiving him, was it not the queen mother? Selene is a fine queen and all, but she is still without tremendous experience. She married the Ash Raven to have clout, to have a standing, to be a strong military person. She's clever, but she relies on her mother's connections. Her mother traveled all the realms, knows many people. Was it not the queen mother who suggested a summit? He looks at her, cowering, halfway up, up the steps, limping somewhat in her old age. As the king, the aspect of the body, dressed as such, his lotus crown on his head, shouting commands and words and begging for calm, calm, as the elves are screaming at, at, at him. Where did... Wait a minute. The Agristonians. The king, the archlector, his, inquis- his two inquisitors were there, and then gone like mist, fart in the wind. Could they be manipulating all this? Will they appear right here before us? The answer has to be there. Maybe it's them. Maybe it's them, invisible. No, his eyes would see it, unless they're on a different plane. But how would they affect? Trellib's intelligent mind goes through every scenario he can consider and ends on whatever it is must be here right now. Turning toward the door, turning back the opposite way. He steps forward to speak with the king, to let him know that he knows of the infiltrator. He knows in his thoughts on the, the matter. We should not be very worried about what's outside this room, what's within this room. Having two aspects in the same place at the same time, as protect, protected as it is, we are sheep to the slaughter. Takes three steps forward and broadcasting into the minds of the people here. At least Trellums, but he imagines others as well. Is a voice. Be calm. We are safe. But to be extra precautious, slip on that ring, that gift from Caneth, to protect yourselves. Say the word, Leganto, to unlock it and raise your hand above your head and shout in defiance, Abidus! Trello, instinctively, he does not, of course, not wearing this damn thing, but his hands instinctively reach toward where he kept it to examine later, later on, and his head snaps out of it. Oh, by the host, he knows the spell. Mass suggestion. As he looks around at Medalis, Galanda, Caneth, Armenea, Kundrak, 
they all either have them on already or slip them on with a blank sort of look upon their face. Others in the room look upon confused. They didn't hear anything at all, it seems. The king is looking. I know we're all worried, but... And in one unified voice, I know. They raise their hands. Trellib runs. He says, That controlled! Obitus! Seven voices in unison. The seven that had failed their check. As thunder erupts from Kun, Kun, from Kun in a 20 foot wave, <coughs> lightning from another, <coughs> fire, <coughs> scorch marks, cracking the stone. <coughs> The king, standing before the queen mother, throwing out his hands, not avoiding, but accepting. <laughs> and using his oath of the crown ability to take any damage that his poor mother-in-law would take. As she is hit, she is unblemished. As he is... And he stands... His foot slipping. <laughs> Trollop's thankful. But he sees that the others are splattered. Unconscious. Moaning in pain. Bleeding out. Crawling. Guards, paladins, clerics. Those who can come and begin to heal. Try their very best. Others wounded stagger toward the door. As the queen mother plucks a little gem from a necklace or from a bracelet and flicks it and a fireball <coughs> erupts at the door. <laughs> he should do something. But Trollope looks down at his almost broken body and realizes, oh, I should have run faster. As the two paladins wounded get to the door, throw it open as they hear pounding, what's happening in there on the other side? And push the doors open. Sees you three mother motherfuckers coming in as he is slumped there. Who'd have thunk it? They were right after all. And the last, the last one. Wait, they were right after all? Wait. You were right after all. Oh. Who'd have thunk it? You were right after all. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. What about what would that scene have been if everybody had succeeded on their mass suggestion saves? <laughs> oh, no, out of your head of the bracelet thing? Okay. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> Mathematically, it was a very low chance of that, that I figured, yeah. happening. Uh, like, you guys yeah. could do got some. 20s! <laughs> <laughs> like, Trollope's pr pr pretty good. Brevin's pretty good. Fjallin's pretty good. But a lot of them are just noblemen. Mm -hmm. You know? Mm -hmm. We got Daddy's money. <laughs> yeah. I knew those bracelets were no fucking good. I mean, Scanus must have engineered them to explode, though. 
Yeah, but technically, if they go off, like, they hurt anybody, like, any enemy. That's the whole point, right? Yeah, they don't hurt themselves, but they hurt everything around so, yeah. them. And so, that's yeah. why so many went off, hurt the people who were even mm-hmm. putting them off. Mm-hmm. If you look at the pockmarks on that but map, which that map didn't come with those marks, I placed them there. Yeah, like, yeah. that's, like, if you do a 20-foot um, radiation on there, everybody in the room would have got hit by, th- by three of them. Mm-hmm. The average damage is, thir- is 35 if, if you don't make your save. Sure. Mm-hmm. So, mathematically, a lot of a lot of them died. That. Nobles and guards and died and and zero and all that stuff, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, makes sense. Mm-hmm. Last and most mysterious, perhaps. Distant soldier. What? <laughs> Tempting. Shandala sits atop the roof, smoking her pipe. Her golden nail thingies, we have not established a word for, but we, we all know what I'm ta- talking about. Her golden earrings l- looping around crow feathers through her gold markings and tattoos. Takes a puff and exhales it. She looks down as through the alleys have already come cultists. She looks up at the, at the pavilion of the host. Eight strong pillars and statues, a roadway toward the gods after all. Well, at least the ones that are here, the, th- the, the three aspects. But it should around this, if her, if Yogsafa did his job properly, two of them should be in his hands now. Only one left. Cultists step forward, flinging out their wands as guards, like, hold, hold, hold. S- continue your, ce- your celebration elsewhere. Their heads all look up as a fucking gout of flame <laughs> burns something in the distance. By the host. <laughs> as one guard says, not again. Remembering he was here when the, when the pavilion was attacked on the night of long shadows. This is a day of celebration. Put down your arms, damn it. He begs as people continue coming on. Wands having their initial effectiveness, but now moving on to simpler weapons. Cudgels, spears, rusted swords, sickles. These people are farmers, the poor, the destitute. The unhappy. There's another word for that, Shandala thinks. Ah, the masses. Are riots not simply the words of the unheard, uncared about? She watches intently as more paladins and clerics, trainees and guards stream forward, and combat is engaged. Her people, the cultists fall quickly. And then five inky black tendrils come. Strike five of the corpses and like puppet strings, like puppets on strings, lift them up. Weapons still in hand. (laughs) Begin slashing with more vigor. And from the, the alley where those five tendrils had emerged, more undead. 
Zombies? Skeletos? Creatures clattering, clanking forward. Some of them not simple zombie and skeletons. Some of them whites. Pale, taut skin. Obsidian daggers through the back of the, 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 the skull or through the chest. Stepping their way, shooting much more in, intelligent. Leading the charge, though from the back. The who leads them. A fireball comes from the alley as well. <laughs> blowing up several folk. From slightly higher, a, light, a lightning bolt crashes down. <laughs> carving through several. From a little bit higher up, again, another light, lightning bolt. As about 20 feet from her off the building, levitating, comes up another drow figure. White of, of hair. Most drow are dark of skin, white of hair. She's a bit odd with dark of skin, dark of, of hair. As this drow comes up, he grasps the side, levitating himself, and comes over and eliminates it. You didn't let them know that uh, where you were coming, right? No. We're safe. Keep your, keep your fo focus, boy. As he steps toward her, she can very clearly, well, her superior dark vision, like his, can see all the scars on his face, self-inflicted. The nails, uncut for so much time, trying to gouge out the eyes from the things he had seen. It wasn't the eyes, it was in his head, it was in his head. Oh God, the voices, the words, the term, the cave, the cave, go back, go back to the cave. Yes, go back to the cave. He'll come back for you. He'll come back for you. He'll have everything that you need. He's the only one that can help you. It's what asked me. But he's calm now. He's been calm for quite some time since the, re since the return. Good. When you go in, Alethiel Kalath says to Chandala, well, let's wait until some more come out. I'm looking for one who has a lot to say, but doesn't like to swing his sword. There's one. As standing by a brazier of, of, of white flame, a commander of sorts in armor, pointing orders. Rah, 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 sword out, but drooped. Good. It won't be, won't be surprising if he makes his way back inside them. See you up top? Alethiel nods as she drops off. Turning into a crow. Flying through and around and through one of the windows that had been burst open by one of the cultists. I didn't know why, but was told in no uncertain terms, I highly suggest that you send one lightning bolt through that window. Sounds like a reasonable suggestion to him, so he did so. Flies through. Flies through the corridors a little bit. 
She breathes out the smoke that she had had inhaled from her pipe and stows away the pipe, coalescing to a crow that alights on her shoulder as she's casting a spell at the same time. Colorful cube of light turning into a crow. Holds two fingers, invisible. Her booted feet make hardly a sound as she through the halls. Past trainees that are opening, opening their doors. What's going, going on? Wearing their nightgowns, simple things, such with a simple sovereign host, barely even clerks, barely even pal, paladins, acolytes, devotees, call them what you will, not her quarry this day. But it couldn't hurt to leave them one part, parting gift. As she's moving past and is just about to turn a corner, one of them looks down and says, What's this? as he picks up something on the ground. <laughs> Filling the corridors with flame. That will, that will call some up here, so, and she, she, she hides behind a wall as more stream that direction. She wakes her way more, invisible through. Uh, this is gonna be a bit tough, that's okay. She dimension doors, three, two, one, as she sees a door closing, looking just through, <laughs> appearing visible, hoping that there's nobody in, in here. Oh, two guards, a mess hall. Why are they being in a mess hall at this time? What the fuck? She grabs her sword, drawing the golden hilt and, and uh, uh, the, the black hilt and the golden um, cross, cross guard, starlit galaxy black sword. <laughs> slices them down. Weakness, thank God. She makes her way through more. As she continues maneuvering her way around, she finally gets to, she's not sure where to go exactly, but she has an, an idea of who might know, and she goes up to a guard bellowing out orders. Slash, 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 the three, the three guards around fall. As she, as he turns his sword on her, and she grabs his face. She's not a longer low book. Looks like herself. She looks like a, a guard. Oh, a cleverly used disguised self before turning the last cor corner, looking like the guard that had originally been outside. The one that wouldn't be too shocking if he he had had, had turned tail and run in. The one who could could give orders. Take me to the aspect of the mind. I highly suggest it. Yes, Captain. As he turns and leads to the corridors of the aspect of the mind. Along the way, questions, demands are, are asked. Some of them he can wave his, his, his hand past her as well, looking well, like, like the other fellow. But around one corner, just outside, what Shandala hopes is close to the fucking corner. My gosh, she's been walking for two minutes now. This, this, this is, come on, things have to happen fast, and fast here. <coughs> There's four paladins, and one that she's familiar with slightly. Fucking Kaneth. And one of them holds out a hand. No, no, none pass through here. None pass through here. Kenneth in, in the back, standing in front of doors. Shandala. 
Good enough. Holds up her sword and casts darkness on the hilt, enveloping herself in a 20-foot bubble of darkness that none can peer through. Well, almost none. She can. As she turns her sword facing this way. What was that? She kicks off with her feet. Ascension. Slicing through one. Kadetsu. Driving the, the blade through through the second one's skull into a wall. One of them like comes into darkness and slashes her with a halberd. Tempo grabs it, spins around, cuts off his leg. Kiorin vanishes in a flash and stabs him through the skull and into the, the wall. Kaneth comes forward. Her, the darkness dispelled. His sword glowing bright, bright as he comes in. Fuck. She spins. He clips her, her, her wing. Feathers fall from, from her, her pauldron. The smite getting her good. Twist comes in for a second, second swing. Gets her across the knee. Fuck. Long-term fight against a paladin like this. Even she might have a disadvantage here. So she'll have to, to, to cheat. As he comes in for an overhand blow, she drops her sword. His eyes look confused as she rolls forward and stabs a dagger into his shadow behind him. As he turns to catch her on the head, his sword halts as his entire body freezes. Oh, well, that was close. She cures herself, or she takes a, a, a potion. The wounds heal, the blood stops. She grabs a sword, casually sheathes it. Kenneth moves though, strong. The dagger lifting up out of, the, out of the ground, out of the shadow. No time to wait then. As she closes her eyes and opens them, a vast dark expanse with a pinprick of light here and a pinprick of light here. She turns her hands. Darkness behind her like a crescent moon. Void eclipse. Moves forward. Puts two hands against his breastplate. Hands on breastplate. Cracks. He looks down just as the dagger lifts up and he's coming down with his swing. chest is gone. Blood splattering and then gone. Obliterated. Not a speck of blood or a heart left. A perfect circle in his chest and his breastplate as he falls. Same trick again. Darkness on the sword. Dimension door in through the door that she sees. Four more guards inside. The aspect of the minds, chambers, dispel the darkness. I don't want to hurt you, but I do need you. Fuck you! The spicy aspect of the mind always has been the human. As a very powerful spell. Blast towards Shandala. The crow has drilled her into 
every spell. She has a feeling she knows what this one is. Regardless, she can't be, be having this happen right now. She holds up her dark starlit sword with two dun gems right here, dim gems. But as the spell impacts it, <coughs> one of them lights. Sorry, your eminence. The gem goes gone as that same spell is shot right back at the aspect of the mind. No. <clears throat> Slack-jawed drool comes as the feeble mind takes her. <sighs> Shandala reaches into her pocket and pulls a little jar with a, st a stopper on it and a little tiny critter, and it looks kind of like a brain, but very, very small. Does she have it? No. Does she know where it is? Any, any of them? No. Does she even fucking know what the articles of creation are? Tangentially. Fine. The vault then. The vault. Take me. Disguise self from her as she opens the door. People have come. What happened here? The aspect of the mind says, Come, come. Go. Protect that gateway, that pathway. Don't let them pass through here as she runs down the opposite way. Of course, you listen to the aspect of the mind. Why the fuck? Why the fuck wouldn't she? The only one here right now. As she leads Shandala through to the secret corridors where the vaults are. The aspect holds up a hand and places it upon and then stops and says, it won't work. What do you mean it won't? Won't work. It takes an aspect to open it. Yeah, that's why you're in that. Open it up. It takes, it takes two, two aspects to open the vault. The magic is too powerful. Fine. She draws her sword one more time. And she plunges it into the door. And the second gem shatters. And there's an enormous sucking sound. And she just pushes the doors open. The enchantment that had held them for a millennia dispelled. Well, this is now just a toy for, for, for the rest of the week. As she walks in. Where's the heartstone? She walks down an, an aisle. And the diamonds. Many cool things here, though. If she had more time, she'd gather more of them up. But she imagines, for now... Diamonds and the heartstone will be what is needed. She opens up a little sack, and the vault holding the, the diamonds is there. 
This one easier to open by a single aspect's hand. Shandala fills a small sack with an enormous amount of diamonds. Clearly a sack that holds more than what it seems it can. Down in a separate way. And on a dais on a pedestal in a plinth of two golden hands sits the black dragon heartstone in its drawish shroud. She grabs that. Good. Cinches this up. Ties it, it ties it here, puts this in a separate sack out of, of the um, bag of holding. Well, it's been it's been nice, right? As the aspect of the mind nods and crawls out of her head and she falls. Brainless ooze and blood coming from there. It crawls up Shandala's, uh, Shandala's arm and she backtracks her way through. Finally, she sees guards. She's gotten far enough now that she's probably within 500 feet. Has gone back outside. Althiel, standing there on top of the top of the roof, looks at her up here, unsurprised. You have them? Diamonds, stone, no fucking scroll. Shame, shame. Behind them, the roof rumbles as a large dog-headed demon is there, dripping blood and shadow from its wounds, unable to contain itself. <laughs> Shandala says as she comes up, puts a hand on his cheek. You did good on his chest. You did very good. But now we go. She casts fly on herself, the demon, and Althiel, because our ride is here. As the great ship that you all are now looking at is over, the pavilion begins to unleash different styles of magical and psionic assault as they fly up to it. That is where we'll end tonight. That is all the other doings and thingings that have occurred and happened. Oh, yeah, damn. <laughs> mm hmm.